the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And when we truly know God, we're able to go to Him and ask Him for anything. We know that His door is wide open. We know that His name is Father. We know that His heart is love. We're like children who never have to doubt that their Father delights to see them or that they can talk with Him about anything. Welcome to this Monday edition of Study Verse by Verse, a daily devotional feature from Church of the Highlands in San Bruno with a teacher and leader, Pastor Leighton Sheely. I'm Mike Trout. So glad you could join us. We're continuing in the book of John today, uh, the 16th chapter. If you want to grab your Bible, you can follow along. He'll pick up right around the 22nd verse. We're on the web at studyversebyverse.com. That's studyversebyverse.com. Here's Pastor Leighton. So Jesus follows this illustration with promises that provide comfort and encouragement. Verse 22, so also you have sorrow now, but I will see you again and your hearts will rejoice and no one will take your joy from you. And so Jesus is acknowledging this grief is in the present and and like a woman who's about to give birth to a child, the disciples are going to experience sadness while Jesus is away. But when he returns, they're going to experience and rejoice in a way that is permanent, that, that is a way that no one can take it from them. Now, that's not to suggest that believers are never going to know sorrow. It's rather that after they come to know the significance of the cross, the joy that comes from that knowledge will never be taken away from them because it is at the cross and the resurrection that marks the beginning of a new era the new era or the new age of the paraclete, the Holy Spirit, and the church. It's the dawn of an age in which believers need not fear death and the grave because Jesus died and rose again and promises eternal life for all who believe. It's the dawn of an age in which the love of God is revealed in no uncertain terms because of the extent to which he was willing to go to redeem mankind from sin and destruction. It is the dawn of an age in which believers live in the presence and the power and the purpose of God, because the Holy Spirit has been sent to indwell and guide and empower believers to fulfill the purposes for which they have been created. It was the dawn of a new age, the age of the Holy Spirit, the age of the church. Now, the change from the expected, you will see me again, to I will see you again, was not a way of, in, uh, of suggesting that the disciples wouldn't really see him, but rather a way of Jesus describing the nature of the relationship. It's sort of analogous to John fifteen sixteen, in where Jesus said, you did not choose me, but I chose you. The reason that we can have a relationship with God is because he chose us and revealed himself to us. Verse 23, in that day you will ask nothing of me. Truly, truly, I say to you, whatever you ask of the Father in my name, he will give it to you. Now, 
in the New Testament, that day, in that day, refers to the time between Jesus' first coming and his second coming. The time between his first coming and his second coming. In other words, we are in that day right now. And the disciples had asked many questions of Jesus, even in the upper room, and that makes Jesus' reference to their questions very appropriate. But he he says, there's coming a time when you won't be asking me questions, you're going to be asking the Father. You're going to be praying to the Father. But the disciples had never prayed to the Father or God in Jesus' name. Jesus is saying that in that day, prayer will be directed not to him, not questions to him, but to the Father. That the events that are going to take place in a little while is going to alter everything. That what they've been accustomed to is going to change. That in the future they're going to pray to the Father who will give them whatever they ask in the name of the Son. Now this is the third time that he speaks of praying in his name. And in previous sermons in this series as we've looked at the Gospel of John, we have learned that praying in his name refers to praying... Uh, It refers to one who is abiding and obeying Jesus Christ. In other words, it's not just a a series of words or a formula that you can tag on to your requests to God that's supposed to, in some fashion, obligate God to do what you asked him to do. That was not what he was saying. In my name means according to my will, according to the character and the will of Jesus Christ. So what Jesus is saying here is on the basis of his atoning work, which is to be done on the cross in a little while, people will thereafter be able to approach God as father, which, by the way, was introduced by Jesus. The idea of addressing the creator of the universe as father in the Old Testament, God is called father about a half a dozen times. And Jesus called God Father all the time. He completely changed the paradigm that we could think of God as Father. And that on the basis of what he was going to accomplish on the cross in just a little while, that people would be able to approach God the Father and know that their prayers were going to be answered. And that the prayer would normally be addressed to the Father in the name of the Son. When his disciples came to him and asked him how can teach us how to pray, Jesus said, follow this model or this example. Our Father. Now he could have said our God, our Creator, our King, our Judge, and all of those could apply to the relationship that we have with God But what Jesus was saying is when we come to God in prayer, we should come to him saying, our Father. That we can have this relationship with God because of what Christ did on Calvary's cross. Verse 24. Until now you've asked nothing in my name. Ask And you will receive, that your joy may be full. Now remember, up until this point, the disciples have never prayed to the Father in the name of Jesus. Now they certainly asked for things, but they never asked the Father in Jesus' name. And this is a privilege that was made possible to believers through 
our new relationship with God through Christ Jesus. And in anticipation of that new relationship, Jesus invites and exhorts his disciples to ask, and you will receive that your joy may be full. We talked about this previous in a, in a message, how prayer is connected with joy. Now, in summary, I quote from John Corson, who wrote, Keep in mind that the disciples listening to this discourse had left everything to follow Jesus. Friends, family, and business positions, they'd left it all to put their trust in him. They'd followed him for three years, and now in this upper room, he tells them he would no longer be with them. Thus, understanding their confusion, Jesus gives his disciples three elements that would replace their depression with joy. First, he gives them a principle to hold on to. And the principle is simply this. The object of your pain presently will produce great joy eventually. And to illustrate, he spoke of a woman going through labor. Yes, there's pain and struggle and perspiration and anguish, but yet it's the very object that produced the pain that provides the joy when the baby is finally born. Jesus says, my leaving, my being crucified, my death is going to cause you great joy when you see me again. And when you finally understand it was necessary for me to go to Calvary in order that your sins could be forgiven completely. And then second, Jesus gives his disciples a source of power to plug into. The power to transform that which produces sorrow into that which provides joy. And the source of that power is prayer. You've asked nothing in my name. Ask, and you shall receive that your joy might be made full. Prayer produces joy. And third, when we ask in the name of Jesus, we must do so not only in his authority, but in conformity to his nature. Now, oftentimes we ask for things that are out of harmony with the nature of the Lord, and we wonder why our prayers aren't answered. Well, that's why. A real secret in prevailing prayer is to be in God's word constantly. Studying the life of Christ specifically so that the things I pray for are in conformity with his character. And when we truly know God, we're able to go to him and ask him for anything. We know that his door is wide open. We know that his name is Father. We know that his heart is love. We're like children who never have to doubt that their father delights to see them or that they can talk with him about anything. And in that relationship, Jesus says we can ask for anything. But if we think about it in human terms, when a child loves and trusts their father, they know that sometimes dad is going to say no because dad is wise and loves the little one and knows that whatever they've asked for is not in their best interest. And so we can come to God the Father and we can ask for things, but we must always end by saying, not my will, but thine be done. For God always knows best. Every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father of light. And so in just a couple of hours, 
Jesus is going to be arrested. He is going to be scourged. He's going to be nailed to a cross. And he is fully aware of what is to come. And yet, his attention is not on himself, but on providing teaching and comfort and encouragement to his disciples. Jesus loves his disciples. If you've joined us late, you're listening to Study Verse by Verse with Pastor Leighton Sheely. This is an outreach ministry of Church of the Highlands in San Bruno, and they're on the web at highlands.us. You can find out more about the church on that website, highlands.us. I'm Mike Trout. This is a daily visit from the church, and there is a ministry website at studyversebyverse.com. When I say ministry, I mean this particular broadcast outreach at studyversebyverse.com. You can listen to past broadcasts and uh, download them on that website. You can also give to the ministry, become a financial partner with us very safely. Again, that's studyversebyverse.com. I hope you have a great rest of your day and can be back with us tomorrow when we'll continue this message as Pastor Layton opens the Word of God and we study verse by verse. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.